Dero, we're rolling. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another amazing session of on cleaning the airwaves. As you can tell, I'm not even sure how to introduce this one because this one has different aspects that it touches on. So this is like the diaspora series. This is like a business series for those of you who are in the business world. For those of you who are thinking of entering the business world, this is definitely one CTA that you need to watch. For those of you who are in the diaspora and wondering who on earth is this fellow right now, trust me, this is one series that you need to watch because he spent some time in the diaspora and has some amazing lessons, learning and experiences from that. But also for those of you who are back home, um, this guy touches on the creative sector in ways that are very unique to any guest who has ever sat on this platform. This is a good friend of mine, um, a mentor. Very strangely, it's the first time I've told him that he's a mentor to me, but <laughs> he is a mentor to me. Um, learned amazing business lessons from him. Uh, gotten a lot of insight about business. Gotten a lot of connections uh, through this gentleman. An amazing human being right here. So, Wondering who I'm talking to? I'm talking to none other than the founder and CEO, CEO stroke MD of Goshen Acquisition, Solomon Wangwe. But on top of that, he's also an investor in various businesses. An amazing story. For those of you wondering who Goshen Acquisitions is, you're going to be hearing all about it. I don't even want to let out the juice. I can see some of you going to Google. But trust me, this is a business story that you want to hear. So ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, put your hands together for another other than Solomon Wangwe. So you, sh you sure you're talking about the same person? <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow, okay. Solo, asante sana. Karibu, man. Thank it's you. Thank you for the honor. Uh -huh. I can't believe I'm sitting here. I know, man. Yeah, I'm Excited. not sure I qualify, but... Uh, uh, I think when people begin to hear your story, one of the things that I say on CTA is you never really know people until you take the time out to get to know people. That's actually, for me, the tagline of cleaning the airwaves. There are people who sit on this place whose faces may not be familiar, but when you begin to hear their story, there's so much inspiration, education, and entertainment that you can take out of their story. You, hands down, are one person who's going to deliver on that. Yeah, so no pressure. Uh, no pressure at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so let's get. Yeah, you're actually not a stranger to being in front of the camera. So this this. Well, this thanks to you. No. <laughs> <laughs> so let's 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 kick this yeah. off. And one of the things that I like asking Solo is let's start this from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about your birth, upbringing, your childhood upbringing. Oh, birth. Unlike my sister Elizabeth, who immediately follows me, I have two sisters. Uh, I'm the eldest of three, and like Elizabeth, I don't remember anything earlier than three years of age. <laughs> so, uh, as far as my birth, the only thing I can tell you is you I was born, born uh, July 26, 1978, mm. uh, I believe in Mata Hospital. Okay. Yes. And you said you are, you've got two sisters, you're the middleborn. I'm the firstborn. Oh, you're the firstborn? Yes. I'm, oh, yeah. the, I'm the eldest of three. Aha, nice. Firstborn and only son to my loving parents. Okay. Yeah. And I, d I do have, this the other thing I should say about my my beginnings. I, uh, my sisters and I have been so blessed with, we won the lottery with parents. Aha. <laughs> yeah. We have loving parents who, um, you know, it's, it's one thing to, 
to believe that someone loves you because they're supposed to and it's a completely different thing when you actually know that they love you mm -hmm. and uh and that's the thing with my my mom and dad we we've never doubted their love we feel it even in our adult years they you know we are whatever we are because of those two human beings hey dude you've started this with some major honor i love it ah uh, no man it's it is due it, it no is but due, in today's um, day and age for somebody to say that about their parents i don't take that for granted mm. uh, that's that's it, it should be a norm but it is not a norm for people to have both parents and also have parents who've instilled such amazingness into their life Kabisa, yeah. Okay, let's talk about some of this amazingness. I'm uh -huh. forcing that word. Uh, <laughs> tell me a little bit about then your upbringing. Tell me about the home environment. You sound like you're born in Nairobi. Yes, born in Nairobi, raised in Nairobi. Uh, I believe my, my parents lived in Buruburu phase one, I think, when I was born. Mm -hmm. uh, I've seen photos. It was a very nice posh area back then mm -hmm. in the late 70s. Um, uh, but majority of my childhood was was uh, was spent in Langata, in Rubia Estate. So my dad worked for the government of Kenya. He was a civil servant since before I was born, until he was, uh, I would say, forcibly retired in I think 2002 when President Kibaki's government retrenched um, a big group of civil servants. I think anyone over the age of 50 or 52 or something like that was retrenched. Mm to make room for the youthful uh, workforce. And that's that's how my dad stopped working. Wow. Uh, so, you know, by virtue of his employment uh, with government, we lived in Rubia Estate um, and we had an amazing childhood. My mom, uh, I think my, my earliest memory of mom was her as a, as a receptionist at the Danish embassy. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the reason I remember is because on a few occasions, my dad would pick me from nursery school, St. Andrew's, over here in Tao. Mm. St. Andrew's Church is where I went to nursery school at the time. And he would take me to her office at the end of the day. And, you know, there was this lovely, her boss, I think her uh, boss or colleague, uh, her name was Karen. Danish lady. I think she's still, she was married to a Maasai gentleman. Uh -huh. She and my mom became uh, friends later. And every time I went there, they would give me the most exquisite chocolates I had ever seen in my <laughs> life. Uh, you know, imported chocolates from, from, uh, from, from Europe. So it, it burnt, it burnt that memory in my, in my head. Hey, so, yeah, so that, that was my early childhood. Um, changed schools a lot in Primo. So where did you start off in Primo? Primary school, Langata Road. Um, uh, be before the so-called land grab. <laughs> <laughs> I did my standard one. Um, Langata Primary? Yeah, Langata Primary. Oh. Yeah. Uh, that was an interesting experience. Um, but I was only there for a year. Then my, my folks took me to Langata Junior Academy. Mm. which is in Gay. Yeah. I think it's still there. Mm. Uh, Gay Estate. Uh, Mrs. Mohoro was our headmistress's name. And she was a school owner. Years later, I would, I would attend college in, in the U.S. Uh, and 
one of the many Kenyan students I met there was uh, her daughters, uh, Tekla and I, I forget the other, the other daughter's name. But that's where I went to Primo from Standard 2 to Standard 5. Uh, and what year is this? Can you remember when you started? Standard 2, that was... Um, I know I was in class 3 in 87, so... That's from 86. 86 to 89. <laughs> to 89, yeah. I, I was there. Beautiful. I had a blast. Uh, happiest days of my schooling life. I should say second happiest uh, days of schooling life in primary school. Um, and then at some point, for some reason, they chose to move me to St. George's Primary School. Oh, so it wasn't your request or anything? No. Okay. I love Langata Junior. Mm. We still lived in Langata. Why I was being moved to St. George's in... Dennis Preet. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, we had to wake up at 5, 6, 5.30 in the morning, you know, do the whole traffic jump thing. Uh, and, and St. George's was a huge shift from Langata, Langata Junior. Shift up or shift down in your perception? In terms of experience, I would say down. Uh-huh. Because Langata Junior Academy was a private school small student population, students uh, teacher ratio was was ideal, I felt. Um, St. George's was like pff, a sea of students. You were just a st <laughs> statistic. Yeah, it, was like, it was like three or four streams. Each stream had 50, 60 kids. Mm. Uh, was it a public school or private school? St. George's is a public school. Oh, okay. Yeah, but it was very, was very famous back then uh, and very popular. I, I remember one of my classmates was, was the son of, uh, I believe now the late Mark Toh. Mm. Uh, you know, a lot of government bigwigs had, uh, had their kids going there as well. So Maybe that's where your dad decided. I, his peers were. I have no idea. I should ask them why they moved me to St. George's. And my sisters joined. Uh, my, my younger sister joined me there, Elizabeth. Uh -huh. And um, and then so I was there for exactly one year, actually. So just your class. Surprisingly, class, class five. Four, that's it. Yeah, class five. Uh, and then maybe a little bit of class six or. For, for most of my class six, I was moved to uh, Kilimani Junior Academy, KJA <laughs> in Karen. I went uh, to KJA for about no way. two years. What? Pre-unit and class one and two. So I wow. know it. That's yeah. a good, KJA was a good school at KJ that time. It was, was really known in Nairobi for... was the best performing exactly. school academically. We were always number one. It was either us or Golden something. A primary school, yeah. Golden Gate or something, uh, but usually it was Kilimani Junior Academy. Much lower student ratio, student-teacher ratio than even Langata Junior Academy. Mm -hmm. I think my class had 14 kids, seven boys, seven girls, uh, and there was only two streams. Mm -hmm. So we had a lot of attention from the teachers. The teachers were great. The school environment was really posh, uh, and I enjoyed it. I, I really. I really enjoyed, I'd say my Kilimani Junior Academy days were my happiest schooling days. What? Yeah. Okay. I, I used to get depressed on Sundays because I couldn't be in school. Hey, dude, what the heck? Yeah. I mean, it was just, I had good friends, uh. even from the neighborhood. Uh, a lot of friends, classmates were from Langata as well. 
And I don't know, there was something about the experience there that was just right. And, and my sisters joined, joined me there as well later. Okay, so let me, hey, I love this era and I want us to spend some time just me understanding this. So first and foremost, what I'm hearing is that you jumped a lot in terms of primary until you finally settled at KJ. Mm. Um, tell me a little bit about growing up in the hood that time. Uh, gay <laughs> in the hood well gay gay was different from rubia even though they sort of neighbored each other yeah and gay was a little bit more upscale yeah than rubia yeah in my experience rubia was rough man uh, <laughs> uh my in fact my 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 mom especially did not like it when i spent time playing with the neighborhood kids because mm. in her view i was picking up bad habits getting into fights um they were just rough guys man uh mm. you know proper mta guys mm. and uh I actually guess, when i said hood i didn't mean hood like that no like, no it was <laughs> i just meant estate but you're telling me it was hood hood it was yeah oh. i i'll be honest it was uh maybe maybe it was just my street but rubia was you could not be a softy <laughs> in rubia man you had to you had to make room for yourself um but you know given that we lived there so long uh, it, it just sort of became normal mm. uh, but uh, it, it was different in the sense that it was obvious even to me at least at the time that my parents were were, were making special effort um, to give us a different schooling experience than our neighborhood's demographic if you will yeah uh, because you know everyone went to the local schools you know i think there was langata primary uh, uh near the neighborhood and, and a few others nearby mm. whereas we were being bussed to karen and and state house mm. uh road dennis preet and, and and whatever so i was uh, i was very aware that um i was living a different sort of life from my neighbors and the kids i was growing up with uh-huh yeah oh that's so that that sort of made us a target a little bit uh we were we were the kids who you're the babies within the yeah woods. yeah we felt good for ourselves because we went to poor schools which as if we had anything to do with that but it was uh it was a little bit tough for me to navigate that and still you know hold my own mm. uh, against the uh, <laughs> the forces that be <laughs> yeah dude against the uh, the rough guys in the, on the on the street so it was interesting but but i think interesting in a good way because you know you learn certain skills interpersonal skills how to relate with different groups of people now i say this because maybe i just have had time to think about it after the fact but um most most of the homes uh on the street i grew up in didn't have cars vehicles mm. you know uh, and my dad at some point had two vehicles mm. Mm. and those are things you notice at some at some point in your life as you're growing up and you see differences between yourself and 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 the kids around you whether less or better it's it's irrelevant so that that was my experience 
I was acutely aware of that difference in the, in the neighborhood. But then I'd go to school where I'd spend most of my day mm. and my classmates would fly to the States for, for Holy. holidays. Mm. And I'm like, what the crap is that? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, <laughs> yeah, I was we were like the I was like the shags shags kid, mm. uh, uh, you know, in school. So it was interesting in that I learned how to relate to to both social economic groups, okay. if you will, at an early age. Hey, this is so interesting. Okay, yeah. let's talk about. Um, even when I hear you talk, you're very articulate in your in your words. You, you sound like you've got some good vocabulary. Is this... Hey, <laughs> folks took us to good schools, man. <laughs> is, and, and I'm trying to wonder, is this, was this relating to your grades? So in school, first of all, Kilimani Junior is not... For it to be one of the top schools in the country, mm. it says something about the caliber of people who went to that kind of school. So were you clever in school? Did you enjoy learning what did you enjoy learning? Tell me a little bit about the school environment and more particularly Kilimani Junior. So, like I said, Kilimani Junior uh, was very plush compared to every other schooling experience up to that point. Lots of space, trees, mm. greenery, fields. I mean, it was a world away from the, the neighborhood I was growing up in or the other schools I'd been, been to. Uh, and then, of course, uh, the economic demographics, the kids who went there were from very well-off families. Um, and I was very aware of that. Um, and uh, I think I enjoyed, I enjoyed the learning because of the environment. And that's something I became aware of much later in life. I'm the sort of guy who gets affected by surroundings. Mm. You know, I, I, I prefer order. <laughs> uh, I hate, I hate dirt and grime and and all that it it offends my soul that, I, I i'll put it that way that's that's shocking to hear you say that and, and i'm going to sort of preempt something because of the industry in which you work in you mm. work in the land selling uh, goshen acquisitions is helps you do strategic land investments across this country and land as we know it in kenya the process of acquisitions mm. of that is so murky and the word order sort of doesn't exist in that thing yeah so <laughs> you bring tears to my eyes <laughs> so for me to hear you say that you like order uh, uh, that's just yeah i mean it's it's it's, it's not interesting we you, sometimes we think that our various stages of life are unrelated i think everything is sort of connected somehow it's an expression of who you really are inside right mm. but you know those are things i am aware of as a 42 year old now mm. that i might 43 uh, that i might not have been so aware of even in my early 30s or late 20s you know but uh, uh that that became even uh, more pronounced when i went to high school okay you know so i finished uh, standard eight at kilimani junior academy mm. um, so 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 even before you finish tell us school wise yes i've heard that you like order how are you doing in terms in of, terms of grades yes. i was i was an average kid in kilimani junior because um, all the kids did well in general i mean if you have 14 kids in class and you have some of the best teachers in the country it's really it's difficult for you not to do well 
Like you have to be a special kind of dumb <laughs> to, <laughs> to not do well. So I mean, I I, I think I scored 551 points oh, out of 700. Yeah. Which was significantly lower than everyone expected. Mm. Uh, I have to, I have to say, my parents were a bit disappointed. I was also disappointed. I yeah. expected I would score around 600. Um, Yo, based on my general performance, I was really good with math. I think I was either top or I was always top three in math. You know, when kids, when other kids were scoring 70s and 60s, I was scoring 98s and mm. 100%. Uh, I would solve equations in seconds. There was always a competition in, 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 for instance, in class eight between a kid called Clarence Bricklin Ogada, um, who was a school captain, mm. amazing hum, human being. I loved that guy. I have no idea what happened to him after high, uh, primary school. Uh, Claro, if you're watching this, reach out, bro. <laughs> uh, uh, Clarence was one of those kids who was just good at everything it was annoying mm. uh, he was fast body this this guy looked like he had been lifting weight since he was born <laughs> yeah, beefy guy he was the brightest he was always number one um, he, 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 he was good with sports also just because of his physical dominance mm. uh, and uh, you know I was class prefect so in essence I was kind of deputy school school captain because I was class prefect in the standard eight mm. um, and uh, so there was always a competition between himself uh, a lady or a girl called Edna Odongo mm. I haven't seen Edna since primary school she was bright now that I think about it they were both jangos <laughs> they, they were both lures from the lakeside yeah. um, so I, I think they ate plenty of fish <laughs> <laughs> they were the, I mean, they were constantly the top performers in school. So I was always competing with them, uh, especially with ma the mathematics and some of the sciences. Uh, I was, you know, I, I enjoyed school. I was well liked. I was really good at soccer. Mm. So there were instances where guys would fight to have me play uh, on, on their side because I was a really good striker. So, I mean, Primo was just a dream. Mm. Um, I was completely oblivious to the sacrifices my parents were making for us to be there at the time. Mm. Uh, but I really enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed class. I got along well with, with most of the kids, as far as I know. Um, best schooling days for, for me in primary school. I love it. So first and yeah. foremost, just to say, I remember when you said 551, I, it, it stuck out for me because I remember 560 was always my target mm. in school because and 560 meant you get an average of an 80. So for you yeah. to do yeah. uh, 551 in case somebody's trying to just figure out what that looks yeah, like, it's, that's it's more or less an average of a 79, 80. Yeah, that's like throughout an a, seven, a minus, yeah, throughout yeah. the 14 or how many other subjects we had, maybe yeah, 10, 11. Yeah, or a bunch, yeah. <laughs> and craft from science, <laughs> business, education, all of this. Yeah. Okay. And, and so th that's yeah. important because uh, all of our goal was to go to a national school, obviously. Yes. You know, whether it was Strathmore or Alliance High School or Lenana, you know, those were the name brands back then. Mm. And and I think the cutoff for Alliance High School at the time was 570. 
Uh, so I missed the cutoff by 19 points. And you finished in what year? Uh, class of 1992 is when I did my KCPE. Okay. Yeah. Ancient. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, always shocks me how old I am when I think about it. But uh, but all in all, it was it was an amazing experience. Mm. Yeah. A bit disappointing on the grades because I generally performed way better than that. Uh, maybe it was, uh, I don't know what got to me, uh, why the, the marks came as, as low as they did, but, you know, I still managed to, to, to get into a decent school. So where, 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 did you, where, where do you go now to high school? I, you know, uh, I went to Alliance, is the, <laughs> <laughs> is the famous saying, right? Uh, for, uh, somehow, my parents and one of my aunties, I remember, Auntie Esther, Esther Kibisu is her name. She, I think she was the headmistress of Joy, Joyland School for the Deaf mm. in Thika, something like that. And I think she, she was well acquainted with the headmaster at the Lions High School mm. because they were colleagues. Yeah. And I remember visiting the school uh, with my parents and Auntie Esther. And I was interviewed by Mr. Wagitu, the principal of Alliance High School, one of the most famous principals of Alliance High School, mm. one of the most beloved principals, of, uh, also an old boy of Alliance he's, High School. He's, of course, he's not there right now. No, he is. Mr. Wagitu is still going strong, man. He's uh, from 1993 uh, yeah. when you joined, yeah, or I even think, before that. Yeah, he was there way before I joined. Uh, he left when I was in Form Four, uh, and and he now owns a school in in Nyeri. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, a private uh, primary school. Yeah, but what I meant is he's no longer at Alliance. No, he's not at Alliance. Oh, okay, I was yeah. like, man, he's, he's, I think he served eleven years. years. <laughs> he served eleven years okay. at Alliance High School as a principal. Mm. Uh, and I think he was the second African principal of Alliance High School. Okay, that's big. since its founding in nineteen twenty. It's 23 or 26. So you go, you, you're, you're interviewed because your marks didn't allow you to be called there. Yes, I'd, I'd miss a cutoff. And Alliance High School was extremely competitive because they, they... Even with those marks, you still had to try no, and get in. Yeah, man. Uh, they were picking the brightest students from every district in the country. I mean, that's how Alliance High School always operated. Uh, it was the best and brightest from the, the whole nation. Mm. Right, so it was very competitive, and for whatever reason, I was let in. So I remember reporting to school two weeks after the other form ones had already reported, yeah. um, and I stuck out like a sore thumb because I was still in my Kilimani Junior Academy uniform, <laughs> uh, which people used to make fun fun of. It was sort of like Starey High School's. Uh, color scheme yeah uh, people used to say it has some bright red uh, so bright and uh, you know <laughs> blue shorts yeah yeah blue sh like a weird blue yeah. red tie uh, people used to joke that uh, a chameleon would die of confusion <laughs> <laughs> if it touched your, your, your uniform um but uh so i enrolled and uh I, I, I was there the full four years okay so you joined alliance what year 1993 february of 1993.